I can remember this decision. I uh, was 14 years old and my dad was uh, 40. And I can see this as if it happened just yesterday. Um, My dad and I both walked the aisle at Chapel Rock Christian Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. And we gave our lives to Jesus. And we went back to these changing rooms. And we changed clothes and got on a robe. And then we went up somewhere like a nosebleed, like up to the baptistry top. And the preacher baptized my dad first. Then he baptized me. And wow, it was just a a poignant, powerful moment that I will never, ever forget. And, you know, I I know why I got baptized, and I know my need for Christ, and my dad would say that he could tell you why he got baptized. But what we're going to look at this morning for just a couple of minutes is Jesus. And, And Jesus got baptized. Now, I know why I got baptized, and I know why I needed it, and I think my dad would acknowledge why he needed it, but why, why, why was Jesus baptized? So I just want to read this for us. It's in Matthew chapter 3. If you want to flip there real quick or scroll there, or however you get there. But Matthew chapter 3, and we're going to look at a couple of these verses together. Matthew 3. Here we go. Then Jesus, down to verse 13, came to Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Question mark. Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, what? What's the voice say? This is my son, whom I love, with him I am, I am well pleased. And so here's the story of Jesus Christ being, being baptized. Why did you get baptized? Or why are you going to be baptized? Or why haven't you, you been baptized up to this point? Those are, those are good questions. Why did you get baptized? Or why are you going to be baptized? Now, how many of us in the room were baptized like as a baby, like as an infant, like our parents had us up there? I mean, we weren't really there, but we were there. You know what I mean? I mean, we, we, how, how many of you did this? How, how many of you were baptized um, maybe by a, a preacher, by a minister? How many of you were baptized by a minister? Okay. How about a priest? How many of you baptized by a Catholic priest or by an Episcopal priest? Okay. How about by a family member? Do you have a mom or dad baptize you? Anybody have a family member baptize you? Anybody have like a brother or sister baptize you? That's good because it didn't count. That's good. <laughs> a few of you did. Okay, a few of you have. Okay, that, that's good. Um, how many of you were baptized like in a, um, a swimming pool? Anybody in the room baptized in a swimming pool? All right, those are kind of fun. How about a, a lake? Or a river. Okay, how about Honeymoon Island Beach? How many of you in the room been that? Yeah, we haven't lost anybody yet out there. That's good. All right. Um, you, you can see that, that every group today practices some kind of baptism. Whether you're Russian Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, Southern Baptist, Roman Catholic, Methodist, Pentecostal, 
everybody's kind of dialed into the whole baptism thing. Now, this is what's interesting to me. When you read the Old Testament, you don't see a whole lot about baptism. You don't see anything about baptism. But when you start off with the Gospels, all of a sudden, John the Baptist is preaching a baptism of repentance. And it's just like, okay, everybody just accepts that. And I, I was in Bible college, and I raised my hand, and I said, wait, 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 time out. Where did this come from? We don't see any of this in the old T, and now we're in the new T, and this is just like accepted. Where did this come from? It's quite a history, actually. And so there's like at least three major groups of people that started doing baptisms. One, if you wanted to convert to Judaism, you were a Gentile, but you wanted to become a Jewish person of the Jewish faith, you had to go through a rite of baptism. Another was John the Baptist community called the Essenes and the Qumran community. And they had baptisms for purification and you separated yourself from the world. And this baptism now made you holy and righteous in, the, in their eyes. This isn't in the Bible, but, but, but in their eyes. And then thirdly, in the city of Jerusalem itself, some of the Jewish men got baptized every day. And archaeologists have unearthed about a hundred of these baptismals, about 60 gallons, I call them a jacuzzi, about the size of a jacuzzi. And these Jewish men would be baptized every single day, just like a normal bath. And these were baptismal rituals of, of cleansing. And so when John comes up there preaching, and John comes on the scene, and John says, okay, he's got all these people coming to him, and the Bible says John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Now, stay with me for just five minutes, okay? You can sleep the rest of the sermon, but stay with me for the next five minutes or you're going to be lost. So here comes John, and all these people are actually coming to John. John's not coming to them. They're coming to him, and these are people of faith. These are people of faith who are coming to John knowing they're not living righteously, knowing they're not doing the right thing. And so John has a baptism of repentance. Now, that's interesting to me because when I grew up, somewhere along the line, I got the idea that repentance was for the unsaved and the saved weren't really kind of doing the whole repentance thing. So I want to talk about that for just a minute. What is repentance? Repentance is changing your mind, changing your behavior. Say that with me. Changing your mind, changing your behavior. You do this all the time. You do this in business. Something is really working well in business, and you change your mind. I'm going to put a little bit more energy into this, and, and you change your behavior, and you put more people working on selling a particular line. In business, you repent all the time. You change your mind. You change your behavior. Sometimes something in business isn't working, and so you say, well, why are we putting all this manpower and energy into this? You change your mind. You change your behavior. We repent all the time in business. You do this in marriage, hopefully. This isn't working. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to change my behavior. Hopefully you do this in parenting. I change my mind. I change my behavior. I think, I think we do this with nutrition. We do this with exercise. This isn't working. I change my mind. I change my behavior. The interesting thing about repentance is you do it all the time. And yet in the Bible... Repentance is always for the people of faith. And I have a point to this. Because I think we stop and we, 
we do it one time. It's like one and done. We get her done, and we don't repent again and again and again. You know what I see? I see in the Bible that repentance is a lifelong process. It's something that we do all the time. In the Bible, the people of faith were asked to repent. Jonah told the people to repent, and it says they believed in God. All the prophets were always coming to the people of God and asking them to change their mind and to change their behavior. In the book of Revelation, the seven churches in the book of Revelation, they were told to repent. Now, they were Christians, and they were believers. So repentance, is it for the unsaved? Well, the unsaved in Scripture were told to believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Now, well, Kurt, are you saying that an unchurched person shouldn't repent? No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, I think we, as people of faith, stop repenting. And yet, I think that's the good part. The good part is, God reveals himself to us. We change our mind, we change our behavior. We change our mind, we change our behavior. About a month ago, we talked about God revealing himself as Yahweh. And Yahweh is the God who constantly reveals himself. And so God is coming to you, and he's revealing himself to you. And as God reveals himself to you, you repent. It's not the sandwich sign at the Buck Stadium, you know, turn or burn. That's not what this is about. And we get confused with that. But repentance is God reveals a truth to you about himself. You change your mind. I thought this way, but now I think this way. You change your mind, you change your behavior. Does this make sense? And so what happens then is, is we begin to push repentance for the unchurched, for the people who aren't saved. I think it's just backwards. The people who aren't saved in the scriptures, they're told to believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. But for the saved, for the people who are of Christ, we are in a constant state of changing our minds, changing our behaviors. I used to think this way, but now I think this way and now it changes my behavior. Are you with me on this so far? I'm going to tie this back in in just a couple of minutes. So here comes John, and he's preaching this baptism of repentance. And here are all the people, and these are people of faith. These people of faith are coming to John, and they know that they're sinful, and they know that they're struggling. And John can see it on their faces. They are steeped in guilt. They are struggling with shame, and these people come to John to be baptized, and then all of a sudden, here comes the Son of Man. All these other people, guilt, shame, pain on their faces, and they come to be baptized by John the Jordan, he's dunking them, and he's baptizing them, a baptism of repentance, and here comes Jesus, and he's walking along the shore, the edge, comes walking through the mud, and I don't know this. But I think Jesus is grinning from ear to ear. Hey, cuz, how you doing? I I just, I see Jesus just cracking a joke at this moment. And John realizes, John realizes the sinfulness of himself and the sinlessness of the Messiah. And it's, it's that moment. It's that moment when Job said, I opened my mouth, I spoke once, I'm not about to do it again. It's that moment when Isaiah said, holy Moses, I have seen the glory of the Lord. And, and, and Isaiah is trembling in the presence of God. I think that's what's going on here. 
And John's going, no, 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 no way, no way, no, no, no way am I going to baptize you. I'm not going to lay hands on you. I need you to lay hands on me and to baptize me. And Jesus said, no, no, we're going to do this, John. I'm the son of God. I ruled the earth. I made everything. You're going to listen to me. This is what, how this is going to work. And John said, okay, okay. And then he baptized him to fulfill, the Bible says, all righteousness. Why did Jesus get baptized? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of blanks on your bulletin. I'm going to give you my answer for this. This is my answer. I think number one, let's look at this. The supreme element in the baptism of Jesus was the identification of the sinless with the sinner. What Jesus does... When Jesus gets baptized, he's the sinless one, but he's come to save those that are filled with sin. And Jesus is, an, he is identifying now with humanity whom he has come to save. And so the supreme element in the baptism of Jesus, I'm coming to you in about 10 minutes, so don't get worried. I'm coming to you, okay? First of all, though, it was the identification of the sinless with the sinner. Point number two, which really says the same thing, just in a different way. He who had no sin to repent from took his place among those who had need to repent. And so Jesus is identifying with humanity. Let's say this together. Ready? He who had no sin to repent from took his place among those who had need to repent. And that's why Isaiah chapter 53, about the middle of verse 12, says he was numbered with the transgressors. He was numbered with the transgressors. I never noticed that verse until this past week. And so Jesus' baptism is an identification. He's the sinless one, but he's identifying with the sinful people whom he has come to save. Wow. So, Now, we're talking about Jesus' baptism. We're talking about John had this baptism of repentance. But we don't have a baptism necessarily of repentance today. We're baptized today in the name of Jesus Christ. So how do we put all three of these components together? Well, let me ask you this question. Where in the Bible do you see people with real problems and real places, where do you see people in the Bible becoming Christians? Now, just think about this for just a minute. You don't see people becoming Christians in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, although there is the one exception where the guy is the thief on the cross, and he doesn't do anything except believe, and there's that one exception. But in the Bible, You don't find people becoming Christians in Galatians or Ephesians or Philippians or Colossians. You don't find people becoming Christians in in the book of Revelation. All of those other books uh, are talking about how to do life in the church. Where do we see people becoming Christians? We see them in the book of Acts. That's exactly right. And only in the book of Acts do you find people who are transferring their allegiance from this to Jesus Christ. In fact, in the book of Acts, there's nine. There's nine snapshots. We don't have time for this this morning, but there's nine snapshots in the book of Acts, and all nine of these snapshots are real people 
with real problems at real places, giving their lives to Jesus Christ. And all nine of these snapshots begin the same way, and all nine of these snapshots end with baptism. And they all end with baptism into, not John, not John's baptism of repentance. John said, behold, a day is coming when, when someone's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and, and with fire. I'm not even worthy to untie the guy's shoes, but a day is coming. And that day came in the person and the Godhead of Jesus Christ. And so in the book of Acts, we find all these different people. Some of them were large groups. Some of them were smaller groups. Some of them were households. Some of them were individuals. And I I just want to show you three of these really, really quickly if we have time for that. The first one is in Acts chapter 2. And in Acts chapter 2, this is a group of people, again, of faith. These are Jewish people. In fact, in Acts chapter 2, about verse 29, which we're not going to look at, he calls them brothers. So in just a minute, he's going to tell them to repent. But these are already people of faith. They're not faith in Christ. They have faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he's going to move them now, these people of faith. He's going to change their mind and hopefully change their behavior about who Jesus is. Some of you are giving me some really strange looks. You still with me on most of this? Okay, we're going to tie this together hopefully in just a second. Either that or we're going to go eat some apple fritters and I'll buy you all some coffee, whatever. So here's a group of people who've just been responsible for crucifying Jesus. They are Jewish people. And here's what Peter says to them. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what, what can we do to make this right? Here's what he says in verse 38. These are people of faith. You need to repent. You need to change your mind. And you need to change your behavior. Because you guys don't think Jesus is the real deal. I, Peter, am telling you, he's the real deal. I've seen him. I've experienced him. Jesus is the deal. You need to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children. And for all those who are far off, he's talking about Gentiles, he's talking about you, he's talking about me, those of us that are Gentiles, and for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them to save themselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that that day. Go with me to Acts chapter 8. Here's a guy that's a CPA. He's a, 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 a eunuch. He's a, a, in charge of uh, the treasury of this woman named Candace. It's Queen Candace. And he has no church background whatsoever. It'd be like you and I going to Barnes and Nobles. We have no church background. And we're looking at the religion section. It's eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Should we be Hindu? Should we be Scientologist? Should we be Buddhist? Should we be blah? You know, it's, it's like going there and just picking out one of these. And the guy picks up the, the scroll of Isaiah. Listen to what he says. Acts chapter 8. So they started out, and this was like a guy named Philip, and he's one of the church, early church deacons. And on his way, Philip, he met an Ethiopian eunuch. 
an important official in charge of all the treasury. He's a CPA of really of this woman, which means queen of the Ethiopians, Candace. And the man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. This is interesting. And on his way back, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and I want you to stay near it. Verse 30, then Philip ran up to the chariot and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And he said, do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. Verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, well, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about himself or, or someone else? And he was reading about Isaiah. Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's water. Who can stand in the way of me being baptized? Look at the answer, verse 37. If you believe with all your heart, this is in a footnote, which means some of the earliest manuscripts didn't have this exactly written in there. But it says, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And the eunuch answered, well, I believe. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. In verse 38, they gave orders to stop the chariot. And then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Here's a person of no faith whatsoever. And he became a follower of Jesus Christ. And he was baptized. Now, what is baptism? Well, baptism is an identification. One more story. Acts chapter 16. Here's another guy that was clueless. No church background. It's called the Philippian jailer. This is one of my favorite stories of all time. Paul and Silas get themselves put in prison in Acts chapter 16. And there's a reason why they're in prison. But what they do in prison is most impressive. They're singing. They're praising God. They're in stocks. The mosquitoes are all over them. It's midnight. It's an amazing story. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, which kills most men, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When they received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now, how would you be doing right about now? I mean, you've been beaten to death. You're in these stocks. It's midnight. I don't know about you, but I'd be saying, where are you, God? Hey, what about your boy? I've been your boy for 40, 50. How are you taking care of me, God? Am I the only non-spiritual one in the room? Anybody else think that way? That's what I'd be thinking at that time. Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken at once. All the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he had saw, the, saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights. He rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and said, Sirs, this is a great question. What do I need to do? I've watched you guys. I've beaten you guys up. I've put you in stocks. I see that you're praying. You're singing. You are the real deal. I don't have what you have. I don't understand what you have. I don't understand that you can have such peace in the midst of this. What in the world must I do? How can I be saved? And look at the answer. He said, well, you just believe. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your entire household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. 
At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his, all his household, they were baptized. What an amazing story. Why would you be baptized? Why did you get baptized? You see, our baptism is an identification with this movement. Our baptism is saying that we are going to be Christ followers. The reason that we get baptized is we identify with the greatest event in all of history. The greatest event in all of history was Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. And symbolically, in Christian baptism, you die, you bury your past, and you raise and walk to a new life. Christian baptism is an identification. And so you got the baptism of John, which was a baptism of repentance, but now you have the baptism into Christ and Christ followers. How do I know if I'm a Christ follower? Christ followers identified with the movement. Christ followers identified with the greatest event in all of history. And this identification then changed them. And it put them on a trajectory to change their mind and change their behavior. Change their mind and change their behavior. They didn't just one and done. They just didn't get her done. They were then on a trajectory to grow and to grow and to grow and to grow. Now, let me back up just for a second to go forward. You see, when you got baptized or when you get baptized... What happens is you now identify with God and with Christ and with the scriptures and and with the church. And and you now are identified by something and somebody else. If I brought up here this morning a baseball glove and it was signed by Ben Zobrist or Evan Longoria, which would be pretty cool. Um, I don't have one, but if I did, I brought it up here. That's an identification with, with baseball. If Josh Freeman came up here with his helmet on, his jersey, the Bucks quarterback, and he's got, you know, a football and he's signing it, we, we identify Josh Freeman with football. We identify Zobrist and Longoria with, with baseball. If you have a bicycle in here and you've got a helmet on, you're probably a cyclist. Everybody wants to be identified. We all are identified by something. And so we choose our identification very, very carefully. Some of us want to be identified by our occupations. Some of us want to be identified by our toys. Some of us want to be identified by maybe our intellectual ability. Some of us maybe want to be identified by by our family. There's nothing wrong with most of those things. But Christian baptism is, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm all the way in. I am a Christ follower. And as a Christ follower, Christ, what do you have in store for me? And so I go through my life, and I change my mind, and I change my behavior. I change my mind, I change my behavior. And I may be a little bit ahead of you, or I may be a little bit behind you. It doesn't matter. We're all changing our minds and changing our behaviors together. And what what I have seen is that most of us think about repentance to become a Christian. And then we stop repenting once we become a Christian. It's just the opposite. What I see in Scripture is the unsaved person says, okay, 
I do believe I'm going to follow. And then you and I change our minds, change our behavior. Change our minds, change our behavior. Oh, this is an insight about marriage. I change my mind, I change my behavior. Oh, this is an insight about parenting. I change my mind, I change my behavior. Oh, this is an insight about how to live single in this ungodly world. I change my mind, I change my behavior. This is who we are. We are identified as Christ followers. I'm tired. That's a whole lot to say in a short period of time. So what do we do? What are the steps that we take from this? Well, first of all, if this is like way over your head and this is like blown you away this morning, just come back next week, okay? Just come back. Because this is a church where you can actually breathe and ask some questions. And we're not going to choke this down your throat. We love you so much. We are so glad you're here. We want to give you a little bit of space to breathe and ask questions and try to figure this out. Maybe six weeks, six months, maybe six years. But you can breathe at our church. Just, just come back. But for some of you in the room, it's time to make a decision about Jesus. It's not that you don't have enough information. It's just on whether or not you want to follow. Do, do I want to follow Christ? And then as a follower of Christ... I get baptized. And I get baptized into his death, his burial, his resurrection, and that just embraces all over me. And I then, I'm a Christ follower. And and then I begin to just, okay, Lord, show me. And when I'm reading the scripture, oh man, I thought this way. I need to think this way. And that affects my behavior over here. I'm reading more scripture. Oh man, I never thought about that before. I'm really not doing that too well, am I, God? As if you didn't know that, God. You already knew that. So I'm going to change my mind. That's in your word. I believe in your word. And it's going to change my, my behavior. You see, once I am baptized, I'm a Christ follower. I've identified with Jesus. And this is why I'm not here to beat you up. And I don't want you to beat me up. You may be way ahead of me. But as Christ followers, we we work together, we serve together, we love together, we honor together, and we change our minds and we change our, our behaviors. And it's constant growth and growth and growth. Let me ask you this. Honestly, when's the last time you've repented? I don't mean, you know, walk the aisle and rededicate your life. I I just mean, when's the last time you've been convicted by truth and scripture? And you go, okay. You see, I I hope that tomorrow morning you repent. You change your mind, you change your behavior. I hope a week from tomorrow you, you, you repent. You change your mind and you change your behavior. doesn't mean you're not saved. You are saved. Because you're saved, you change your mind and you change your behavior. Does that make sense? So what I want you to get out of this this morning is Jesus came to be baptized to identify with us. And so our baptism then is an identification with him. Let's think about this. We're going to sing a little song together. Many of you have heard this song for a long, long time. Would you lead us in this? Well, this morning, if you... um, would like to become a Christ follower, if you would like to become a Christian this morning,
Uh, we want to give you that opportunity this morning. We're going to actually put a scripture, a prayer on the screen. And this prayer is going to be called the salvation prayer. This is your step. This is your step to give your life. I'm going to ask the prayer partners to come down front at this time. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask you um, to pray this prayer. We're going to do it with you. We're going to all say it with you out loud. We're going to support you 100%. But today, if you've never given your life to Christ, today is your chance to start that process. Will you repeat this after me? Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. I am so grateful that you are able and willing to forgive me of all my sins. I confess that you are the Son of God, and at this moment, I give my whole life to you. Thank you for allowing me to become a Christian and to live with you forever. Amen. We're going to ask you, if you've not been baptized, to go out to the Connect desk. And you'll see a bunch of them out there with the baptism t-shirts on at the Connect desk. And um, our next beach baptism is June the 23rd. But you don't have to wait that long, but that's just our next beach baptism. But this morning, if you would like to be baptized today or this week at a swimming pool or wherever, or June 23rd, go out to the Connect. If you've never been baptized into Jesus Christ, I, I think it's biblical. you You can't not see that it's the right thing to do. And it's your identification with the greatest event in all of history, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. It becomes your death, your burial, and you rise to walk to a new life. And so we're going to ask you to go out to the Connect Desk if you've never been baptized and sign up. And we will baptize you. We will immerse you into the Lord Jesus Christ. What an honor and what a privilege, right? What an honor and what a privilege. So maybe you still have some baptismal questions. Well, come down. Talk to our prayer partners. Ask them questions. If they don't have the answers, they'll find them. We'll ask somebody. We'll get them. We'll get them to you. This is a series, folks, about making decisions. This is not a talking series. This is about you making up your mind to do something. So for the believers in the room, I'm asking you to have a different lens on the word repent. I'm asking you this week to change your mind, change your behavior, change your mind, change your behavior, change your mind, change your behavior. Okay? This means yes. Okay. All right. Lord Jesus, we worship you today we honor you today. And um, you came and you were baptized to fulfill all righteousness. And we see then how we have the privilege and the opportunity to identify now with you and to be followers of the way and to be believers and to be Christians. Lord, lead, lead us in this room, those that have not been baptized, lead them to be immersed, lead them to be baptized, lead them to sign up help all of us to repent and repent and repent every day as we learn more and more about you. What a tremendous privilege. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen.